0: Greetings from the Seventh
1: Circle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the next episode of Seventh Circle of Film. I, as always, am your host, a very hungover, miserable host for the time being today. <laughs> but we push on forward, dear God. Great fucking set of films to go over while in this state as well. It was this or um, the Lars von Trier stuff, and this is somehow happier, less miserable... I- <laughs> and uh, yeah, laughing at my fucking misfortune. Thanks for that, it's my co-host Ty.
0: Hello. He's Kieran, by the way.
1: Oh, did I forget?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep. It, it is going to be one of those days. <laughs> I'll pack up. Pack up. As we go. I uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever mentioned this. We do a horror movie drinking game occasionally. Which nice and simple rules. Uh you pick who you think's gonna die first and then you take a shot for everyone who dies before them, along with a couple other just standard horror movie uh, drinking rules on the internet. And I got for a bottle of whiskey in about ninety minutes. And I am just fucking white now. <laughs> just <coughs> haunted. I can see that I've got a glass sitting around just with half a fucking filled whiskey. I'm tempted to be honest. Just perpetuate a cycle. I think they said people come alcoholics. One day into another. Jumping straight in. Um, the episodes are a touch shorter, you'll have noticed. We'll notice because we've recorded this twice. Various <laughs> chicanery shenanigans. I lost it. Totally on the. Take only. two. Yeah. Second round. We're more prepared. We've got stuff ready. Some uh, interesting artsy bullshit to sit over through. Uh, just as a heads up, we're not going to go into much detail. On the films, there's no point really. Uh, it's, it's more or less the same stuff just done over and over again. Not that I'm knocking it for that, you know, there's a market and a place for that, but there's no point us describing it in visceral detail. It's not going to entertain or help anyone. And this is going to be a lot more uh, explorative on the genre's effect on people generally, more so the film. Using the films as an example, to shine light on what I think is a very big problem in media. Not even just within horror, just generally in media. Uh, and the fact that I've got no idea how to solve it, I don't know if it ever can be solved, or maybe it should be solved. It's just an issue that exists that uh, <laughs> I think needs to be acknowledged occasionally. In August Underground, uh, as much as, as some detractors wouldn't have you believe, is a lot smarter than it seems on the surface, and there's a lot of respect I have for it and Fred Vogel himself, and it it really highlights the problem I'm going to talk about. Quickly jump through the cast and crew stuff. Fairly short, and I'm only going to do this for the first film. Generally speaking, Fred Vogel's the only really important person. He's the effects creator, the director, the writer, I suppose, if you can even uh, call it that. And the main actor all the way through. Uh, it's a director-writer, Fred Vogel, who has done uh, the Red Sin Tower, Maskhead, Murder Collection Volume One. Uh, most recently, the Final Interview, which I've had a chance to see now. It it gone down, uh, went down in price quite a lot, and I've finally managed to pick up a copy. Uh, I picked up an American copy, like a fucking idiot, and had to grab an American DVD. Play finally something I've done twice now. <laughs> well done, me. Previous student of Tom Savini in special effects, and the like Tom Savini, a legend. He's soon to do a Frankenstein film. There's been a lot of rumblings. He has his own company. That's name. I cannot remember. Just type in Fred Vogel company, you'll find it. And there's a lot of really fun stuff on there. Yeah, he's trying out. Final interview, if you haven't seen it, it's basically, oh, the Woody Harrelson film. that I can't remember the life of me. Now where he's Bonnie and clyde it along, especially that, but done in a more serious tone, serious light. And it it works quite well. Kind of enjoyed it. Uh, Cast-wise, we've got Fred Vogel's playing Peter, who did all that stuff. Uh, Alan Peters, who's playing Man Behind Camera, who's not been in anything else. Anne-Marie Revuzzi, who's playing Girl in Cellar, the first one in the first film, Uh, who was in the Creature from the Green Mist anthologies. And Aaron Lebronte, who's the younger tattooist of the two tattoo brothers who was in Red Sin Tower, one of Vogel's own. Uh, So budget, box office-wise, this is a bit dubious, I'll admit that now, and it's a bit difficult to find some of these figures, and I'll go into why in just a second. Uh, So budget, that we do have. It's $300 for the first film, which is pretty decent, given what they managed to accomplish. And box yeah. box office-wise, I couldn't find the figures for the first film. Because basically, they just grabbed 200 VHS copies, threw them out into the world. That's all they had, so zero, more or less. Uh, but it, it wasn't trying to accomplish that. I think it did what it wanted to do very well. Uh, but the box office for the later films we do have figures for are uh, £2,568,605, which is... Yeah, pretty good when you're talking a budget of less than the shit I make. Other than that, that's for 2003, the sequel then. So, trivia-wise, this we'll come into later, Vogel felt inspired to make Underground, as his students at the time were writing letters to well-known serial killers. He took great dislike to this, Quite rightly so, and wanting to make something that showcased what a serial killer really is. <laughs> and that's really the crux of what we're going to jump into when it comes to the romanticisation of psychopaths in media that's been going on since, what, well, like the, the 40s, 30s? It's been going on for well, probably in books as well. If you go back to the old Dickens yeah. novels, I bet you.
0: literature you'd... is. It's all like uh, detective novels as well romanticising the intelligence of uh, these people as well. Yeah.
1: I, I, I bet you it's been going on since, like, fucking caveman era. There's probably some scrawled-out drawing of a guy stabbing someone with a knife, looking cool, doing so.
0: <laughs> the the mystery and the... Uh, just the, the... Not mystery, the um, curiosity of just someone who's so unbelievably different.
1: I'll go with uh, intrigue.
0: Intrigue, that was it.
1: Oh, I completely forgot as well. Uh, Those two hundred VHS copies. Originally, he was going to post those out randomly, like a a proper kind of snuff thing. This is pseudo snuff, and then uh, nine eleven happened. And
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not.
1: So yeah, uh, August Underground pseudo snuff stuff. If you haven't seen them, I'll say now. I don't think I can, in good conscience, recommend them. As much as I like Fred Vogel, as much as I like uh, the August Underground... Well, like is a bad word. As much as I, um, I respect the August Underground trilogy, as much as I think it's necessary for them to exist, I don't like them. I don't like watching through them. They're very hard to get through. Um, if only because they have no plot, no real characters beyond two mass-murdering psychopaths, which... Is as far as I'm concerned, the only way you can properly do this kind of stuff justice. Uh, the only other time I've seen someone try anything akin to this, it was a bit more heavy-handed, bit more on the nose, and didn't have the—I um, I don't think it had quite the element of wit to it. But it was still a pretty good. Film it was Cannibal kind of Holocaust* back in 1980 something. Mm. Uh, which have you seen that?
0: Uh, I've seen it, and uh, but that was a long time ago. But um, it was a—I've heard a lot about it as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, he gets a bad rap occasionally. They did some shitty things during it, um, Pretended the actors have died, kind of a Blair Witch-style thing, which, why? I suppose they got massive amounts of press for it and a murder investigation piling up. A turtle that they killed and skinned, which is really crappy. Uh, They turned it into soup after, I suppose. Uh, I'm not quite as bothered by that as some people, but still, it's in poor taste. Uh, and there's a couple of other things they did. But generally speaking, it's a very good film. If you go into it with the right mindset, a lot of people think it's going to be this horrific Hills of Ice kind of thing. It really isn't. Like 50% of it, you're watching some like, New York-style uh, fucking professor
0: just watching a projector. It's a bit more of a traditional film, isn't it? Pretty much. So to kind of mirror what you said, it's, it isn't an enjoyable film. August Underground, but it needs to be it needs to not be a good film if that makes sense <laughs> because the the whole point is a deconstruction of like the fetishization of serial killers, and if you make like a good film, people will fixate on that if that makes sense. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense.
0: Like uh, Dexter, for example, is uh, one of the one of the more popular idolization of serial killers. They basically make him this fucking vigilante of justice when in reality he's a fucking <laughs> nutcase.
1: Yeah, I think Dexter's one of the most egregious examples that are running around. And you've got uh, other bits of TV, The Sopranos. I think most, to be honest, mobster films have... That aspects and these are films I love, like and shows I really yeah. like. I've I've seen all of Dexter. I've, I've enjoyed most of it, almost all of it. Um, I saw all the Sopranos. Fucking excellent, some of the best TV out there. Uh, Goodfellas, The Godfather, just absolute classics.
0: Uh, a very recent show that uh, is very popular: Peaky Blinders. Uh, if you haven't seen that, uh, basically criminal organisation during the, uh, after World War One.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh,
0: Birmingham lot. Yeah. And um, all you have to do is go on any kind of social media and you'll see these fucking uh, grind sets uh, <laughs> motherfuckers.
1: And yeah, any like modern gangster stuff. The complete scum fucks. Uh, Legend with uh, Tom Hardy. With the craze, The Krays were arseholes. Just thugs going around doing this shit. And then they take that uh, intrigue, bring it into a film light, and people want to fucking emulate this stuff. Or at least idolise it to some extent. Because you it, you strip out a lot of the grime. You strip out a lot of the meanness. And th- these are the worst examples of the lot, which I think everyone can agree there's, there's an issue there. But I think the problem with filmmaking as a medium generally, is even if you don't have a likeable gangster protagonist or a murderer or a psychopath, even if you don't do that... uh, Like, let's say the fucking Von Trier film, House that Jack built. He's not likeable in the slightest. He's an evil piece of shit, OCD, twat, arrogant. But because it's film and because you're attempting to make an entertaining product, you're inevitably going to have intrigue within that protagonist people are going to be curious to see what happens with it and there's going to be a relationship that builds up from that where in reality most of the psychopaths are like these two boring twats in August Underground and that's how it should be presented on a a moral level that's how it should be shown in reality boring horrible fucking human beings that no one should pay attention to They they should be left behind a barn and shot I think I said last time the only other film uh, beyond like kind of a Holocaust, I think actually did an okay job uh, highlighting this and showing what uh, psychopaths and people with mental illnesses are actually like was uh, talking about Pinky Minds as well. Uh, Bronson, the Tom Hardy film, that's the only other one I respect really for encapsulating the gritty meanness. Without any of the um, Hollywood overtones, and that, that's a really good film, you know, really well done. But I think because of who Bronson is, he's not a murderer for one, so I think there's less of a um, less of a gap to jump. It's it's less egregious if you have some of these Hollywood niceties thrown in. And I, I think it it went well to show that it's not you know all sunshine and rainbows. There's no coolness to it really is just insane
0: mm.
1: it might just be, I do really like that film <laughs> really really love Bronson I think it's Tom Hardy's best role but uh, yeah I've I got some respect for that have you seen that as well no I haven't seen it Myself. that's a shame I think it's only like 80 minutes long 85 minutes it's fairly short uh, he's getting out you know soon Charles Bronson okay at the tender age of like 72 I mean he could still fucking take me in a fight I will not even go near that, he's jacked built like a fucking bull he's going out and he's uh, becoming an artist selling his drawings and shit yeah, I think that's like, good for him, he's served his time and the, the one time I think he nearly did kill someone, it was a paedophile so I'm not going to shed a tear over it so uh, in terms of August Underground itself I think you know, a little bit of a duty to actually push into the film slightly I said, I'm not going to go into it in excruciating detail because that would be pointless.
0: And yeah, the first, it, it's it's basically two scenes repeated ad nauseum. It's just the fine detailing slightly different. Scene type number one, uh, what a lot of
1: people came to see really, is the torture parts, the um, psychopathic rampage of two Ramp- I think rampage is actually too uh, emotional a word. The psychopathic doings of two boring losers, uh, which is done in visceral detail. You know, I won't say it's not hard to watch. I've, I've kind of grown slightly numb to this shit because, I've, you know, I just happen to come across. Some of the real life stuff. If you go looking, this sort of shit ain't that hard to find. And I think every horror fan has gone through that edgy fucking teenager phase where they start watching Mexican cartels do horrible shit online. Um, And everyone's you know looked up fucking food Bar at least once in their time. But it's it's done very well. It's very realistic for the three hundred dollars they had. You can definitely see that Vogel, you know, the Savini linings. He knows what he's doing. Seriously knows what he's doing, and I commend him for that.
0: And the, the, act, yeah. the acting's it,
1: actually good as well, has to be said.
0: Yeah, credit where it's due. Um, it's The effects are, yeah, are very good. There was indeed one moment where I did feel quite uncomfortable, and this is at the very beginning. But, uh, yeah, it is a decently made film for 300 quid.
1: So the first scene you've got, a woman who's been bound up She's covered in every bodily fluid you can think of. Looks like a fucking Ebola patient thrown from a ward. Covered in shit, blood, piss, uh, and vomit, of course. Partially the uh, the, the two loser killers they have vomit because they, they can't fucking handle this either. One of them has to start throwing up. Uh, they're making jokes all the way through it. Just a, a playful banter between the two nonchalantly back and forth which again I mean, it makes everything feel so much worse as so that's that's the lack of Hollywood um not cynicism but that's the lack of the Hollywood polish over it that they're not for one they're not making clever jokes it's not that funny at any point not for the just the context but they're just not incredibly smart and there's there's no um final lines there's no Buffalo Bill style psycho killers. This cool sheen. They're just joking back and forth while this woman's sitting here crying to herself, covered in everything, being slashed up. Was that that the bit that you felt really uncomfortable during? Then I take it.
0: No, not well, not quite. The, so it's the, the very first torture scene. They start like rubbing shit into her wounds and all that kind of stuff. Um, also. Just to add to it, they it seems that her nip she's completely naked, and it seems that they have cut off one of her nipples as well. And so obviously that's very telling. But the bit that was like, uh, that got me was literally a couple moments after that, they go into like a bathroom area, and there's a dude with his dick cut off. And like we said, the effects are actually really good for <laughs> what it is. Uh, that's the one that got me for obvious reasons
1: in one of the uh, sequels it, it gets a lot worse with the dick cutting there's there's a bit where someone, it, it's like shown in real time <laughs> That that's a difficult one to sit through and then left on top of his uh, girlfriend if I remember rightly it's been a little while now Ugh. a little while now since I've seen these through uh, I need to quickly like pass over some of the other deaths, there's a woman that's used and abused for sexual favours and then dumped on the side of the road pretty unceremoniously. There's two twins, uh, tattoo artists, one of which has their arm chopped off and the other's just slashed up. Uh, Am I
0: forgetting anyone? Uh, There is uh, two ladies later on, probably prostitutes. Um, One of them gets killed and the other one runs off, but that's at the very end.
1: Oh, God, yeah that's yeah that's one side of the film which is done decently for what's required and as I said doesn't have any of that polish the other half of the film which i think is missing from a uh, lot of films which i'd like to praise for doing the same kind of thing august underground does but don't and i think this is unique genuinely unique to august underground is uh scenes of two uh, i'm gonna call them losers I'm going to keep fucking propelling that word because that's what they are and that's what people need to get in their heads. Two losers going round being unfunny getting kicked out of bars just doing twatish things all the way through. I don't know if it's just built up pent-up rage after watching them torture people but they are fucking pathetic through this. <laughs> not pitiable obviously. It's just yeah, pathetic
0: to see these they're two not, They're not cool, they're not suave, they're not like they're not like even if it weren't killers they were just kind of pathetic people already and it just adds to the yeah these, this is just a but these are just some guns
1: yeah pretty much they're uninteresting entirely which is as one of the reasons I can't recommend the film these scenes aren't interesting to watch they aren't fun to watch at all There are honestly some of them are harder to watch than the fucking torture scenes. Just sitting there, just can you fucking finish it, please? Just get back to fucking chopping off the arm at least I can enjoy watching just the veins pushing out. That's something to bide me over. Maybe just it was two forms of torture being put in some psychological some uh, of those... But it's a necessity. It seriously is required. I mean, you get you get other films that have, have tried to go down this gritty aspect. Um, the one that comes to mind pretty quickly is Henry Portrait of the Serial Killer, the Michael Rooker film, back in 88, I think. I know I, f- I fuck up these dates. People tell me all the time. I get a fucking emails, you moron. Here's a list of shit you fucked up. I do know. <laughs> uh, and in that, he, he goes around just like killing people, if and around. He's got some redemption as well, though. I think he's part of the problem with that. Like, he saves um, a woman from being raped at one point, stops uh, her brother, I think, from rightly from raping her. And there's a few other things that kind of show him off not to be a complete piece of shit, which I don't think works for me, personally. I know nuance and everything, but if you're a psychopath, which you have to be if you're going to go through with these killings, you don't give a shit. If some girl's getting raped, you've got no fucking empathy whatsoever. What would you care? And it, it, it kind of fails to do that. And it again, the problem with Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is the shots are really nice. The sets are nice. Everything he does has this dialogue sheen to it. It's, you know, handcrafted the script. So it, it builds up in the tension. It has a nice first act, second act, third act. It's interesting. You know, I I enjoy watching it, and so regardless of what his characters like, regardless of how they portray him, you could have these two cunts from Underground* like fill in for him, and I'd still enjoy it uh, to a degree because it's so polished and so sheen, which is a problem because then I'm I'm back into the fucking I idealize a serial killer to some extent, to any extent. I mean, I idealize, but I'm I'm curious, well, what we should be doing, as I said, is like throwing them in, locking away the key. But August Underground, you get you get a scene where they get kicked out by a bouncer. Just beat up, kicked out by a bouncer. It's not interesting to watch. Not fun to they watch. They don't
0: even get, like... It, there isn't even, like, a revenge killing on the bouncer. They just slump off. And, like like I said the first time as well, just to add to it, the main guy looks like someone from Smash Mouth. Just <laughs> to add that level off. <laughs> oh,
1: that's, that's fucking harsh. <laughs> That's Fred Vogel as well. That's that's the director writer Paul
0: <laughs> Verhoeven. It was a style at the time. <laughs> this
1: was uh, yeah. It was like two thousand one, I think two thousand. So Smash Mouth, All Star, Walking on Sunshine, Shrek would have come out roughly here, right? It just look like shit to be fair, but not in a not in an extreme way. I should say it's like Smash Mouth. It's shit in a boring white guy way. <laughs> This is the kind of guy at the end of the night who gets a little too drunk and tries to just fucking hit on people in the club. He's not anyone you want to hang out with, anyone you want to be anywhere near. He's the most boring fucking person in the group that thinks he's the shit. I suppose it works as well for the torture scenes. It's kind of this pent-up man-baby energy being thrashed out against the people he happens to pick up and find. And they talk so casually as well during the killings, you, you, it's not like exclusive, you don't get one type of scene and another type of scene, they do kind of intermingle and during the, the killing scenes they're talking about uh, what they're going to do tonight, going to a bar, going to a party, it's all just played really straight, very, very straight. It's, yeah, it, it's difficult to sit through but it, it does something really important. Which goes seriously above and beyond, uh, certainly of the films in genre. I always hate when it's lumped in with films like um, a Serbian film or Salo. Celo. Salo's not too bad, to be fair. Salo's decent. Because it, it's got more than that, it's, it's more nuanced. There's a couple layers in there, at least. Uh, and last time we were talking about it, I know, Ty, you mentioned um, a style of art which I think is bang on just like perfect stuff uh what was
0: it yeah when when i when i was watching this and i learned the kind of backstory behind it the what really it reminded me of is uh, uh it's called dada um and it is basically it was created as a form of anti-art almost uh a a mirror to humanity and um it was after World War One. I, I, I uh, couldn't remember last time, um, where I, basically it was like, uh, it existed beforehand um, as a kind of pessimistic, almost nihilistic form of art. Um, this kind of humans are unable to create beauty, truly. So we kind of are raging against that. The kind of idea of art is ludicrous, so... We just it's 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 a bit it's very very uh what's the right word say
1: like unconventional abstract no it's not even abstract there's there's no rules for this. It. it's not uh, it's ugly mostly
0: yeah the 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 toilet oh. on its side with a signature that's dada you know that kind of thing and uh yeah, that's basically what i remember. the the, the deliberate Uncomfortableness of it, or the the, uh, a lot of like performance art is dada and stuff like that. Pretentious, that's the word I'm looking (laughs) for, but in a good way, a good kind.
1: It's pretension with a point to it. Uh, Yeah, that I can actually live with. It's got a purpose behind it. There's shit out there talking about performance art. There's a lot of performance art that is just pretentious, and they might try to detail some like 15 page fucking treaty on what the point of it was and what it was trying to elicit. Fucking bollocks. Uh, A lot of Meredith Monk stuff I can't stand to say my life. It's talented, but it's empty. Most of it. Don't at me. I've I've mentioned her a lot because I I love her work and I have happened to sin her once. It's fucking beautiful. Not doing any performance art stuff, but she had about um, Maria Abramovich, who is a Jesus. Now now here's where I fucking do myself in a Polish performance artist, famous for Rhythm Zero back in the day, where she sat down for upwards of a few hours, had a load of objects in front of her, and it nearly ended up getting shot in the head. To um show the to actually to mirror kind of August Underground, the whole point of the performance was that people uh willing to go so far in situations where the option's open, people are willing to do almost anything, because you know, she left a lot of objects out, and basically the audience could do what they wanted to her. So they they sliced her up, they did all sorts of shit, which I wouldn't do. You know, It's not even a, I'd, I'd like to think I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't fucking do that. But apparently everyday people are more than willing to go up and cut a woman, because they can.
0: It, it got to the point where I was honestly thinking when I heard about it, like, there, some of them must have been Marks, just to kick it off. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Because, like, yeah, you you say, yeah, I could do what I want, but I would, like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, would, I wouldn't try and shoot you.
1: <laughs> it's how it nearly ended. Like, luckily, someone wrestled the gun off yeah it's um a proper showcase of what people can do i I think you're right probably some uh, marks if anyone does want to listen about that um someone who knows far more than i do far more knowledgeable uh, kyle katan on youtube go look him up he goes into a load of stuff and performance art he's he is a pretentious knobhead occasionally but he knows his stuff so what can i say yeah, it, it really does follow on this. It, it, it's interesting calling The Underground da da you know, one of the most fucked up and films with <laughs> seemingly so little credit to it, so little um, purpose. But I, I think it really does fall within that. I don't know if that was... I know it was Vogel's, you know, attempt. He That's why he made the film. He wanted to show that these people are inherently pathetic and shouldn't be not just idealised, but even thought about, really. And that's what they are—psychopaths and morons. There's this shit in uh, general films where you get career criminals who are, you know, really intelligent, who do all sorts of shit. You know, they they rob places, act all cool, balaclavas on. Criminals in real life are fucking idiots. They are morons. Half of the people in prisons are people with LDs. They've got genuine like learning disabilities. To them, and my dad is a learning disability nurse. He works with various clients. A lot of which have gone to prison in past Mm. because they'll do shit and they they fucking get caught. I heard a story uh, once from a different nurse about their clients had tried to stage a break-in because I don't don't even know fucking why. Tried to stage a break-in. I think they destroyed something in their house and they wanted it replaced. And he broke his own door in from the inside (laughs) Right, <laughs> show that off, which I think it just tells you the kind of caliber that you get of the career criminal. It's not like in the films; they're not these geniuses from Baby Driver going around deciding how to do this shit. No, they're idiots. It's it's lock, lock stock, and two smoking barrels. That's your general like jumping off point. They're morons and not interesting Bumble to watch. Yeah, yeah, like in August Underground. I mean, these guys clearly they're criminals. And they're boring. They've got no redeeming quality whatsoever. Uh, They're not shot in an interesting way. This is done pretty much in grimy, um, film-grainy-esque handheld camera stuff. There's no Paul Greengrass shit either. It's not, like, shaking around. There's no tricks. no real editing quirks. It's done very straight, very straightforward, which is how it needs to be done. Um, Mostly it's made just filming their boring fucking antics.
0: Which makes it much more believable than, like, 99% of found footage films.
1: That, da fucking hate it. You know, you have some, like, girl who's holding the phone out, filming everything, and then suddenly you get some professional-grade camera footage. Why are you spending money to make your film less authentic? Just let the girl hold the camera and let it look like shit. That's what people want to see. And this film looks like shit in terms of cinematography a lot of the time, which is good. Again, great fucking choice there. It's the same with the sequels as well, which were pointless. Quickly, as a quick aside, the sequels didn't need to be made.
0: You could have left it. it. I can't help but feel like the sequels takes away from the point, in my personal opinion. But...
1: uh... I mean, a little bit. It worries me to think who the sequels are for if it's that audience that want glorification of psychopathy, is that the first film makes the point hard and fast and it does a good job. But why do you need to go into such gratuitousness in the next two films? Just leave it, artistically at least. Money, it's for fucking money, clearly. That's the reason for a lot of this shit. And I'm I'm glad Vogel, at least, he's got a career. You know, the guy seems like a nice dude.
0: I'm not going to shit on the guy if that is the reason. I am
1: like... I mean, it made like... Two and a half million. The sequel, so clearly, there's an audience out there, an audience I never want to meet, really. Whoever clamoured for a <laughs> sequel to this, I, I suppose on an effects set, if you're doing it from that perspective, you just want to see really good, well done stuff. But then just make, like make a real film, make a, a normal narrative, and just have the effects in there as well. Just make it really like grisly. Um, yeah, I, I do think it it loses a lot of the punch the sequels i definitely wouldn't recommend to anyone the first film read about it if if you're really into it watch it the effects are really good but yeah they they were pointless exercises and just indulgence really Uh, yeah that's to be honest i don't mean to go into like a moral diatribe but that's more or less it that's the only reason i want to do this to kind of point at a problem that's in society. I said not just glorification of serial killers, not just the films like Gotti, like some of the mobster films where they're obviously in the spotlight. We can all agree those are bad things, like Dexter. Everyone knew there was a problem there. But even the the other films that aren't quite as um, abrasive in their approach towards this that show these people as pieces of shit, uh, they're a problem as well. They, they're caked up they've got the hollywood gleam over them they've got this sheen and shine that makes them interesting people the scripts have been doctored to make these interesting stories when in reality they are losers pathetic that we shouldn't have a second thinking about beyond how and where to kill them just dispose of all of them from our mind and everything there was it. There was a series of films, the the absolute some of the worst shit imaginable. Um, I think it was the Haunting of Sharon Tate. I remember seeing and a lot of others, which basically um, took real life events and played it fairly straight, but with a Hollywood overlay to it, which are some of the most tasteless things out there. They're they're fucking horrible. The worst, the worst genre of film I can imagine. And that again, that's egregious.
0: Uh, yeah, that would be. That would be like the worst. That would be like the worst of both worlds. Yeah, it's they're,
1: they're atrociously bad. I refuse to watch any more of them, and I'm never ever covering them. I'm never giving them any spotlight on this. And it, yeah, they just fail on every level. But a good chunk of films The Sopranos, as I said, has this issue as well. Like Tony is a psychopath through it. People know it, but because it's such a good show, he's interesting. He's intriguing. And there's an issue there. Do I know how to solve it? Fuck no. Should it be solved? I don't know. Tiger King as well. Tiger King, I I really enjoyed. I'm, I'm part of the problem here. I fully admit that. I know that I'm contributing to all this stuff. I like watching stories about fucked up people, do fucked up things. You know, I, I, I think the people in Reservoir Dogs, they look cool. Fucking like walking down the street. I've got uh, George Baker Street playing in my head when I'm going into somewhere. That's instilled <laughs> as part of my character. Absolutely. Like Steel wheels, I fucking love them now because of that film. That stuck in the middle of you stuff. Part of a terrible scene as well, but I fucking love that shit. So I, I won't like take myself out. I'm not um, preaching down or anything. Don't take that idea. I'm, I'm with everyone. Just morally uh, bankrupt, to an extent a hypocrite, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Worse. I think than a lot of other people, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's a problem. I don't think it can be solved. I don't, I don't know. Do you think it's a problem?
0: Or oh, solvable? It's... <sighs> the problem isn't that these exist. Because, I mean, it's a side of humanity that is, like we said at the beginning, inherently interesting. Um... It's when, because a lot of people struggle separating what they watch from reality. I mean, look at all the actors who get death threats from something their character does. And it's when those kinds of people watch these kinds of things and go, they don't have any separation. They're like, oh, this is cool. You know, this character is an anti-hero. And that's my biggest problem. I honestly don't mind when it's a piece of shit getting the spotlight because that's just a side of the story. But it's when people go, "Oh, Dexter's an antihero," or when people idolise fucking fictional characters like the fucking Joker.
1: I mean, I hate that. Just that... Because it's it's fucking lame. I and mean, people just have drawings of him online in a in a sexy way. Well, fucking Jared Leto is the perfect thing. It's it's the fucking most uncool thing out there. I'll take yeah. an issue and umbrage of that, just on that basis alone.
0: That's a problem. And like you said, I have no fucking idea how to fix it. I ain't a professional. I'm just some fat white bastard online. <laughs> <laughs> like every other person on a podcast. But it's definitely a problem.
1: I, I think the only thing you can do really is acknowledge that it exists, go, well, that's an issue that's never <laughs> going to be solved. And uh, I think you just understand and know that these people are evil inherently and just they've got nothing to them. I think it might be solved if someone actually met someone like this. If you're actually introduced properly, the um, oh, the film side just taken away is that they're not... They're not clever people, they're not interesting people. they're just to say again, I'm going to keep fucking repeating myself just losers outright they're less interesting than you and me, most of these people, and that that needs to be shown so that's that's pretty much it from both of us, I think,
0: yeah, just showcasing uh a again, we've talked about like uh, almost a passion project.
1: Yeah, I mean it it's in a
0: weird way we we followed up and
1: created a uh a little theme bringing forth going for the Peter Jackson stuff, Alice of course, this which in its own fucked up weird little way is a passion project. Um next we're week Mad God. Yeah, we're doing uh, Mad God which we have already recorded. So I'll be pushing that <laughs> out. Um which was like 2 hours of circular arguments. <laughs> Oh, that's a fun one. I'm talking about pretension, actually. I'll leave that for when it comes yeah. to it. I will do something a bit more. Like, both of us will do something a bit more fun eventually when we get around to yeah. Von Trier at some point. But
0: We'll get on to the regularly scheduled programming. Pick on uh, a few these-
1: easy fucking targets at some point.
0: These are just some films we wanted to do. And uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, hope Speaking you, of indulgence. <laughs> I hope you
1: enjoyed it at least uh, if you do have any thoughts on the matter put an email in I'm interested to hear what outside listeners think Just send it through 7 film at gmail.com let me know if you think it's an issue uh, how you solve it and if you think August Underground does uh, tackle it or if we're talking out our asses, and Fred Vogel's an idiot
0: Let us know, and have a good one. Yes. Have a good one.